Welcome to Leap Into Your Story podcast, where you discover your inner story, break down the process, and meet others who've done it so you can leap into your own story. We interview amazing guests who provide powerful insights that inspire you to get your story told. Be sure to visit our website at leapintoyourstory.com, and while you're there, subscribe and like us via your favorite social media network. Now sit back, get ready to take some notes, and let's get started. This episode of Leap Into Your Story podcast is brought to you by Leap Into Your Story course. Visit leapintoyourstory.com where you have a guide to get your story told. I'm Victoria Anderson, and welcome to the Leap Into Your Story podcast, where you discover your inner story, work through the process, and meet others who've done it. We interview amazing guests who provide powerful insights that will inspire you to leap into your own story. Be sure to visit our website at leapintoyourstory.com, and while you're there, subscribe and like us via your favorite social media network. In this episode, we're going to be discussing connecting to the soul through dreams. My guest today is Mikhail Clerk, a social entrepreneur, licensed mental health therapist, international speaker, dream worker, and published author. Mikhail earned a master's degree in counseling psychology at Pacifica Graduate Institute, and has been a mental health therapist since 2006 and currently has an online private practice. McKeel has a fascination with healing traditions, cultures, and dreams, and has traveled all over the world to study them, and in specific, the African traditions, with a focus on South Africa, where he was born. He is an award-winning local influencer in his community, as well as a global one, giving lectures and workshops in Europe, South Africa, North America, about dreams and psychology, including for companies to help boost their creativity, innovation, and leadership. McKeel has been guided personally by dreams, which led to the founding of the Young Society of Utah. He has published a book called Dream Guidance. So welcome and thank you for joining us today. It's a pleasure to be here with you here, Victoria. And I'm curious in which stories we will be leaping today. Yes. Well, you have a quite an assortment in your, your bio. So you, you have many, many stories, I'm sure, to leap into today. So, but first... Let's tell tell everyone, uh, we're all curious about this journey, and how did this all start for you? Well, I really got uh, deeply interested in dreams in my early 20s. I uh, uh, unfortunately had uh, ended up in a pit in, uh, in life because uh, my dad died when I was young at the age of 10, and my culture and my family didn't know how to grieve. And I uh, uh, had a lot of uh, unresolved grief that built up in a, this dark cloud of depression. 
And um, I, I didn't know that, uh, that that was really the case, but it also translated into a sense of uh, lack of meaning, lack of purpose, uh, a limited worldview. And by some fortunate chance in my early 20s, I stumbled upon the works of Carl Jung, who gave me some clues on how to uh, read the world uh, better, but also how uh, to connect with one's dreams. And then my own dreams started to uh, fountain uh, forward. And, and I started getting insights in uh, the, the direction I could take in life, how to connect with a sense of purpose, reconnected with my dad on the other side and really learned that there's a world behind the world and uh, uh, learned uh, uh, all the obstacles that were going on in my life that prevented me from, from uh, living a, a much more colorful life. So in my early 20s, there was this huge breakthrough and uh, uh, dreams were central in it. And I've been hanging on to the threat of dreams ever since because my life has been so much more interesting and colorful and rewarding uh, since. Yes. Well, you and I share a, a very strong common thread and the importance of dreams. In, in all of my books, I talk about how dreams sometimes kind of hijacked my normal waking time uh, to alert me that I wasn't on the right path and I needed to make a change. And that's that was through dream time. And I thought it was interesting on how maybe even strangers, I mean, there wasn't even, you know, you and I share another common factor is, you know, the death of a parent where that kind of triggers you know, a real deeper interest into seek out information that maybe was not not kind of front and center or maybe not of interest, but become becomes very personal. And, yeah. you know, what's interesting is I know I've talked to other authors who say, you know, I had my deceased this or my deceased that. I've always had these strange uh, strangers that have spoken such powerful truth that you know, I, I, it was kind of weird because, mm. you know, here I am, it wasn't even um, the people in the dream. It was just the context, what they were trying to tell me that caught my attention. Yeah. Uh, because I'll tell you in waking time, if a stranger came up and said, you need to do this, I'd be like, who are you talking to? <laughs> so in dream time, I was a little more receptive to what that message was and got yeah. me steered into a better course for my life um, and into what my purpose might be. Well, it's so beautiful to hear that, uh, that we share this uh, uh, direct experience of uh, knowing how the dream can come in and both point uh, positively to where we need to go or more rattle uh, the cage and, uh, and, and wake us up to, hey, this is uh, you're going in the wrong direction or, you're going to be very unhappy here. And uh, uh, this, uh, this interesting balance between being guided and being uh, a little bit pushed. Yes. Yes. I, and I do think the dream people are a little more pushier. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe because they, they know that you are in a more receptive place. Um, because they, they were really kind of 
they were forceful in a gentle way though. Does that make sense? Yeah. And, and like they used the right words, symbology that, that got through. Yeah. That spoke to you, huh? Yes. And, and what, what you also see, I think in, if you, if you, in, in following this line of thinking, what this depth psychology or soul oriented psychology is that we can read a lot of the manifestations in our own life, the symptoms that also as a calling. So instead of uh, seeing a depression as something that shouldn't be there and need to be cut off or medicated, what is the depression uh, possibly telling? Sometimes we get depressed because we're in the wrong relationship or in the uh, wrong job. And then depression really slows us down and makes us look down because we're kind of overlooking something. And so even there, you see that uh, the, the guidance comes in the form of the symptom trying to help us steer back to our path. And uh, it's, uh, it's just a slightly different way of looking at, uh, at symptoms than, uh, than regular psychology sometimes does. Right. And I think that's a very important um, uh, point because, you know, I know people who have to take four different medications to get the, the one depression medicine to work to the other. And I'm all like, you need to be asking better questions mm. and, and looking at the depression as a symptom of something deeper um, that maybe a pill isn't gonna fix. Um, yeah, or, or a pill arrests the, uh, the, the, the symptom and then you still be able to go to your job that you right. uh, uh, hate. And, uh, and now you've, anesthetized yourself to be able to do that. That doesn't mean that all depressions uh, are, uh, uh, can be seen this way as symptoms, as a call, some, some, some right. have their Some could origins, be the mental but, or the um, chemistry yeah. balance, you know, and that could happen from injury or right. like that. But the right. majority of the depressions uh, uh, would benefit from engaging instead of cutting off or dis dis disengagement right. or medicating. Right. Now, I'm curious, with your practice, do you go into having those conversations of, you know, before we dive into, you know, medicine or things like that, do you try to extract the real problem? Because I think a lot of people would ra rather not admit that they're in a unhappy relationship or a job, you know, it's like, yeah, I do like, I do hate my job, but I can't seem to find something else. I'm kind of, they're feeling, yeah, yeah. And, and, and the feeling of stuck, you know, yeah, the feeling stuck. of stuck is, is, a, is a terrible feeling and, and very understandable. And I think also there, it's both a way of looking at, uh, at, at symptoms as uh, what might the symptom uh, be saying. And the other is, uh, that uh, you can see in dreams that uh, you could ask your dream a question or ask the dream for support. And, and recently there was a woman who felt stuck in finding a partner. And, and then she asked the dream, how can I find a partner? And in the dream, she uh, was uh, walking in the mountains. It was very lonely. And she came to a little house and she entered the house and the house was empty and lonely. And that was the dream. And so she was kind of puzzled. And I think, and after exploring with her, the dream seemed to suggest 
perhaps actually finding an external person first, your first task is encounter the loneliness that is inside of you and find a better relationship to relate to it. Don't try an external partner to, to get uh, rid of your internal loneliness. This loneliness that, that happened to be there through generations was also in her. And how do you relate to your own loneliness? And then you have this relationship and then this relationship does well, then usually the external relationships start changing as well and you become actually available in a, in a different way than, uh, than she thought. So dreams give very specific uh, advice. It's as if you're visiting this old wise healer or doctor that uh, knows exactly what the right medicine is for you. Because I might uh, not have thought, gosh, you should uh, uh, think of, of your own loneliness, but her dream did know. And uh, that is why I'm uh, such a fan of dreams because they provide such detailed prescriptions for uh, the, the, the journey of life. Yeah, that's a fascinating analogy. The dreams are the doctor that knows you <laughs> mm -hmm. better than, you know, than any external um, yeah. influence. Yeah. Uh, and is that, is that something that uh, in your practice, do you have people, do they volunteer your dreams? Do they know you're a dream kind of specialist is that why people maybe seek you out because they're they're looking for that um you know maybe some guidance on to interpret some of the the symbology that it's yeah it, it is uh by now people know that i have uh usually when they 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 come to me that i have written a book on dreams that i've worked with dreams so that there's a specialty in in working with dreams and and actually even broader imagination mm. and uh imagination is uh, is also the daydreams or the fantasies or even the depression manifesting itself physically but it's also imagination manifesting itself in the body and what does the depression or the anxiety or the symptom uh, has to say and you can uh, also work with memories or people that have trauma usually have that the, that the memory uh, comes back and that memory you can work in the same way as you can work a dream. And then you will see that the memory uh, start changing and the trauma uh, uh, start healing. So in, in all kinds of forms, I work with imagination and, and uh, uh, from a soul perspective, like we talked about how, how to look, for example, at depression and uh, yeah, that. People know that by now, so they come 80, 90% comes in that way. Another person said, oh, I heard about you from so-and-so. And then I tell them this is a way. And if that works, uh, let's see. And we explore. Interesting. Interesting. Well, let's, we've talked about some of the modern uh, dream theory with uh, Jungian th theory, but Maybe what? Where is the common thread between modern and some of these ancient cultures? Where are the crossover on some of those? Well, if we would take uh, one thread of the the Jungian psychology, as uh, uh, is is one of the ways that modern uh, life looks at dreams, and I think at the heart of Jungian psychology lies the notion that there is an unconscious, a collective unconscious, and 
this is a uh, sphere of our own soul that coexists with our ego or habitual self. And this uh, unconscious or collective unconscious would often be uh, referred to in indigenous cultures as the other world, a world that coexists next to this world that is filled with dream beings and ancestors and guides and uh, who, who knows who else is, uh, is inhabiting that world. And how can you find a relationship with uh, that world? Because that world is also the carrier of your qualities and gifts and wounds. And so how can you find a relationship to that world and embody that in the here and now so that that world can flow through you? And so I think the commonality is that Jungian psychology at the heart is really uh, has a shamanistic worldview and that most shamanistic indigenous cultures around the world uh, that used to be the most common way of, of, of imagining the world, this world, other world beings, how to relate to them. It would be more complex than that, but I think that's one of the big overlaps. And then in Western tradition, sometimes it has become a bit heady where we look only at symbols and try to interpret and this means that, which has its own uh, value. But I think dream work is, is broader and richer than interpretation alone. Interesting. So let's maybe talk about, because um, we talked a little bit about, you know, connecting with the soul and that's part of like your healing process. You've been, you know, living an inauthentic life and now you're, you're, you know, getting more connected and whether the dreams had a process in that, like myself, mm -hmm. but um, you talk about triggering the inner healer. Yes. Go into a little more detail. So our listeners know what, what maybe, what does that look like? What steps involved? You know, is there a specific ritual that, mm -hmm. you know, that enhances that or accelerates that? Yeah. So we all have an, an inner healer. And maybe there's just one great external inner healer. Yet this, let's say there's, imaginally, we have this inner healer that uh, we know if we cut our body uh, and we clean uh, clean the wound, the, the body heals itself. And uh, so there's an there's an there's an healing activity that we that we clearly see uh, physically, but emotionally and psychologically, it's also there. If we have trauma by by cleaning the traumatic wound, engaging with it, warming it up. The, the, the trauma, the, the psyche itself starts healing that. We don't really need to do that. We are being healed by this force inside of us that, that tries to flourish and, and, and live through us. And um, almost any culture around the world has acknowledged that there is this, uh, this healing agent and modern uh, science will start calling it the placebo. And the placebo is uh, works. So you give someone a sham uh, surgery or a sugar pill and they get better. So why do they get better? Uh, both physically as uh, psychologically. And uh, uh, that's because it has triggered the inner healer. And the inner healer heals us. And so it's a great question that you says, how do we then engage and trigger that inner, inner healer? And usually that is turning towards engaging with. 
So we turn towards the inner healer and whatever name we want to give uh, to it. And we say, gosh, this is a problem I have and I've been struggling with, uh, with this and that. And, um, and, and, and uh, you start asking for support and help. It can come through dreams. It can come through synchronicities, little miracles in life. It can just happen by its own self. But engagement with this inner healer, and we can go more in depth, but that people talk to it, uh, turn towards it, uh, that is really the first step. And then, and then treat it as a relationship. The more you treat it as a relationship, the better it, uh, it functions. Okay. Now, let's maybe talk about that relationship. Mm -hmm. I mean, what are some of the, so you're saying it's a, it's going to happen as you did. So let's, let's maybe break down the process of, mm -hmm. so now you're aware that your dreams are not just dreams, right? There's yeah. some part of maybe a reconciliation or healing process with mm -hmm. yourself and maybe the outside world. Yeah. Um, and that can trigger the, the um, what do you call it? The engagement of your soul with your relationship with yourself. And I guess that's gonna trickle out outwards, right? Because yes, that's, that's very true, seen, yes. In, in your practice, have you seen that, you know, once, once you're starting to heal yourself, maybe you're, uh, clients or patients are now altering their how they view things you mean if i heal myself that my clients also patients also change or if they change well if they their change world. so they're yeah, changing yeah. are you seeing yeah. that you know yeah. maybe their their perception of one thing yeah has been very negative right because they've done like the healing they yeah. realize maybe that negative thing isn't really a negative thing. It was really just a signpost to mm -hmm. help guide them. Yeah, yeah, so so, that, mm -hmm. yeah, uh, definitely. We have we have uh, we have these habitual patterns with its pros and uh, and cons. And usually, we start identifying with these patterns. So uh, I could identify with people don't like me, or uh, I find it hard to speak up, or um it, it, there's no there's no one that uh, wants to have a relationship with me or other wounds that we uh, uh gathered collected or happened to us uh, throughout life and usually we we built a kind of an crusted uh response to that and then what you see in the dream is that uh different characters will come in that uh, have uh, different states of consciousness and when we connect to these states of consciousness, we somewhat alchemically infuse our habitual state with a different state of consciousness by which this crusted state breaks open and we uh, find a new way of, uh, of relating and engaging with life. So the inner alchemy translates in, in, a, in a different relationship to the outside world. I can give a quick example of it uh, for myself. Recently, I visited uh, my mom for Christmas and 
we have in general a good relationship, but there we uh, had an, uh, had the, this habitual pattern again. And I was like, oh gosh, mom, there you go again. And probably mom thought, oh gosh, there you go again. So very annoying, let it go. And then at night I had a dream in which I saw the soccer player Messi. And this uh, soccer player uh, was, uh, uh, the a ball came and he jumped up very elegantly with two feet, uh, maybe six feet high, caught the ball, came down and then uh, moved uh, uh, acrobatically backwards. And I thought, that's a, that's a curious dream. Let me connect to the energy of the dream. So I, I, I closed my eyes. I felt coming back in that dream. And then I started noticing how this soccer player jumped up and I felt, could start feeling that energy. And I felt how, how uh, 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 flexible and, and, and uh, he was and how uh, his body could move. And then I started noticing, gosh, let me feel this really in my body and, and this flexibility. And let me then bring that back into the conversation with mom. And, and so I was, the next time we were in a similar thing, I, I felt this messy character and then I was, oh, I don't tighten up and go like, hey, why are you doing that? And I, how often have I said this? And no, 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 no. But I was, was like, oh, there we go. Oh, wait, I, I don't have to go there. And so I had a different, because internally I was different. I had a completely different external world and I, and I could just let it slide and go on and 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 move forward. And I think that's uh, that's uh, uh, an example of how dream characters, whether we even ask for it or not, will come in that that inhabit different states of consciousness that will break open our habitual state, and then we become more adaptable to our environment. Hmm. Interesting. Yes, I think that was kind of part of my, uh, I was talking about that with my, my dream people, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> how it's how they have that, that ability, uh, even though we don't know them, and just through that type of weird connection that it gets your attention. Yeah. Now, um, when you go into like the dream analysis with people you work with, do you mm. Is that one of your steps? Do you have them go into the characters sometimes or? Yeah, I, I, I use different ways. Sometimes it's a bit more interpretive uh, where the question is, uh, what, what would this mean? Uh, and then you get, uh, get a bit of a different, uh, an answer of uh, um, well, what, what would it mean that, uh, that this character Messi shows up and you get one, one interpretation. But what, what a dream uh, if we, if we, for every, anyone that watches or listens, if you go back to a recent dream or a, a very intense dream you once had, you will notice that you're, uh, that the dream is an environment. You're in a world where you have this messy character and there's the soccer ball coming and you engage in it. Just like this world, it's just another world, the dream world. And so the dream is a world you find yourself in. And so it's not a two-dimensional phenomenon where you just get a letter from the mystery source that you need to decipher, but it's a world. And this world is, 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 is a manifestation of states of consciousness. 
And so you can go back in a world by just closing your eyes, feeling, noticing where you are. Is it light or dark? Is it uh, who else is there? And then you're back in that world. And then you can, can, can feel the energies that are in that world, just like you can feel here. If someone's really angry or someone is really uh, kind, you, you will feel that in your own body. And so you can, in the dream, experience the energy states and, uh, and embody them. And then you feel in your body what it is like to be flexible instead of you should be more flexible. Well, that's one. Oh, this is how I can be more flexible. Ah, that, that's usually more, uh, more helpful and effective. And then you can also uh, uh, just build a relationship to these characters. There's again a different way by which you say, whoever has visited in the dream, instead of asking the question, what, what does it mean? Of, uh, what does Messi mean? Who is visiting? Oh, Messi is visiting. Now let's bring Messi into the, into the room. And then I can have a conversation with Messi or let him walk with me and see what happens. So there are these different ways that we can engage with the dream and a little bit depending on the situation. I pick in my practice and, and, and therapy, which one, and sometimes we combine. But there's, I don't think there's one perfect way, just different ways and different ways work, work well at, at different times. Yeah, and I think maybe, I know I've had um, dreams where it's kind of like the opposite of this world. Hmm. You know, maybe things are different because occasion I'll have like a mirrored world of what I'm experiencing in dream time, but that's the opposite. Yeah. Um, oh, interesting. So, yeah. And it's kind of like, well, I'll wake up and think, oh, well, maybe this is going to happen. No, because it's, it's like almost a, a totally different. Well, and I don't know if that's just subconscious or, you know, I'm leaving my body somewhere and <laughs> going to another dimension. That's my theory on it because the, sometimes it's it's you know we have like the symbology characters of like the soccer player and things but I've had dreams where I might be in this office and you know instead of having a lilac colored room it might be an orange room mm-hmm. you know and things like yeah. that so it, everything yeah. looks the same you yeah. can't see it but I got a messy pile all in front of me because it's a hunch <laughs> but but even in my dream I'll think you know I'm not, um, you know, I'm not imagining it. And I, and I'll even make commentary. I'm like, I even have the messy pile, you know, mm-hmm. books popping up that ring light, you know? <laughs> <So>. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I thought this just dream world is so fascinating to me. Now, you and I, and a lot of listeners um, can relate to dreams and different styles of dreams. What about those people out there who say they, they can't dream or they don't remember their dreams? What are some of the things that you can recommend? Yeah, yeah. Well, research shows that everyone dreams. Everyone dreams actually several hours each night. Yet, because our short-term memory doesn't function or works at night, we just don't even remember uh, that, uh, that we had the dreams. And uh, the number one thing, that works in remembering dreams is showing interest. So showing interest 
get a, 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 a paper and pencil or a notebook, put it next to your bed. That uh, those are the ingredients that will help people get uh, the dream recall back. So you could go before you go to bed, you say, gosh, dream. I don't even know if you're there. However, I would love to connect. I listened today to Victoria and Magiel talk about dreams. And I thought, why not? Let me, let me see if there's something to it. And if you come dream, I promise you, tomorrow morning, first thing, I will write you down. No, you do that. You, 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 you treat it as if you're visiting this wise old doctor or healer or friend. And then uh, the next morning, you have to write it down immediately because your short-term memory comes back online. And if you don't do it, dreams evaporate. And, and I still have sometimes, I think, oh, I will remember this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, no. <laughs> and it's like, how is that possible? I even tell people it doesn't work that way. And now I do it again. But uh, uh, yeah, so write it down. And if you don't remember an image, just write down, woke up, my stomach felt uh, uh, tight or excited, or I felt anxious. And uh, then you write that down. Sometimes a little later in the day, something pops up or the next night, try it again. Because if you show interest and build that relationship within no time, you'll have two, three, four times a week a dream or even more. Yes, I, that's actually how I started. I, I did dream journals ah. that turned into just regular journals that turned into three books. So, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I know somebody had given me a, a pen um, because I was telling them about mm -hmm. dreams and, you know, the frustration of when I wake up and trying to write them down you know, as soon as I, that sunshine hits me, I couldn't, or even in the middle of the night, if I have to turn on the lights or write. And I don't know if you've heard of this, but it did kind of help me um, to have a pen that's lighted. Oh, yeah. So yeah. you don't have to turn on the light because yeah. as soon as you turn on the light, your, your imagery mm -hmm. of your dream starts to diminish or like you say, evaporate quicker. So... I actually had a pen with a, a light where I can scribble just ah. the highlights down. Yeah, yeah, beautiful. Oh, I love that. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I've never tried that, but thanks for, for, for sharing that. Yes. <laughs> I I was I said, well, I you know, I'm not sure if you were aware of it, but that might be a good tip too. Mm -hmm. I, I kept a dream journal for two years. Um and at the, it was it was one of my mentors, friends and mentors who used to <clears throat> study along uh, uh, in deep detail with a lot of um, Native American elders and the the tales of their dreams. Yeah. And it's ironic, she tried to get me to move to New Mexico when I was in my twenties, oh. um, and to start like an art community, a spiritual center. Um, she would talk to her, you know, tribal elders about me and it just never happened. But where, where there's the energy and the purpose, it will show up. So New Mexico finally did happen in my life <laughs> about 20 years ago. So um, here I am. Yes. <laughs> A great story. Yes. So, but she's the one who would tell me I'd get frustrated 
um, because I was having such a, a volume of very detailed dreams. Mm. And I did it for two weeks and I wanted to quit after two weeks. Mm -hmm. She says, I'm going to give you a tip that the tribal elders tell me to remind you. You do things in not your own time, but in mountain time and in the way of the mountain. You know, mm -hmm. the mountain doesn't care of the time, neither should you. That was kind of the, <laughs> you know, there's a time and place. It yeah. will, and they said, at least do two years. So I did. Wow. And I just kept on going and I didn't just stay with dream journals. I started just doing day journals because yeah. things happening at night started to connect at that two year mark. Mm. And yes. um, I thought life just kept getting more interesting. <laughs> Well, that's that's the whole uh, the whole, uh, whole whole purpose of it. Eh? That life becomes more colorful, interesting. We have more experiences. We can look at these experiences, and they're intermingled with day to day life. It's not just a different life, just somewhere else. It is there, and at the same time, it's deeply uh, interwoven with day to day life. And intuitions become better. Synchronicities uh, start happening sense of purpose comes in more support from the other side and uh, uh sure life uh, still does uh, goes up and down but there's uh, the sense of purpose and that that makes life uh, uh bearable yeah i definitely think that dreams have enriched you know the the quality of life oh. uh, because i love that you said it's in what was the the old um uh physician that's there kind of guiding you mm -hmm. um, yeah, that's exactly what it feels like yeah and i think we all look for some form of guidance and there's multiple ways that people can find it but there's for sure one that is for free and every night there <laughs> we can just step into and uh and and just a little bit of engagement will do uh, already wonders i think so so let's talk about um, maybe your book. What, what's in your book um, that our readers can find in there? Well, what I uh, uh, try to, uh, to describe is that uh, 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 dreams do come to us spontaneously and they give uh, insights and creative ideas and breakthrough uh, business ideas or uh, musical uh, uh, songs to people. However, we don't have to wait for the dream to come to us. When we turn proactively towards the dream and ask for help, then uh, the dream can help us with anything that's relevant to our life, whether it is uh, being more healthy, having a certain diet, being uh, uh, find love, uh, grow the business, or any, any challenge you have in life or want to have some support. Because I think we live with a lot of questions. And, and life uh, in, inherently wants to help and support us. So I just, I looked, uh, I described in five steps, how can you ask your dream for guidance? And I looked at uh, all kinds of traditions that uh, proactively asked their dream for guidance, tested it in my own life, uh, looked at research that has come out, even Harvard University has studied uh, this technique. And, uh, yeah, in a, in a five-step method, 
I help people identify their question, how to ask it, uh, how to create a, a ritual, how to work with the dream response so that dream guidance can be, uh, can be flourishing in their life. Wonderful. Well, we're looking forward to reading that book. Any last um, suggestions before we wrap up our interview today? I, I want to encourage people just to play with this notion that dreams are uh, spontaneously helpful, but also that you can ask your dream a question. You, you can't make uh, mistakes. The other side, the, 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 the wise old man or woman within rejoices in the fact that we want to ha have a relationship. And you can just work it out and you will see that uh, you will have little, uh, little synchronicities come into your life and, uh, and um, you build your own relationship to dreaming and play, enjoy uh, with, uh, with it. And uh, I hope that uh, dreams give guidance and, and give more love to their life. Awesome. Now I do have one last question. Where can our listeners find out more about you and get your book? Well, the book is titled Dream Guidance. It's on uh, Amazon and uh, Barnes and Nobles and many other uh, places. Um, there's an audio version and the e-Kindle and the regular uh, hard copy. And um, you can also, if you type in dream guidance, probably it will come up. You, people can find more about me on my website, which is a little bit more difficult. Maybe it can go in the show notes. It's, it's my name, machielklerk.com, uh, M-A-C-H-I-E-L-K-L-E-R-K.com, or uh, go to Jung Platform. That's a company I started uh, that came in a dream. And uh, that is jungplatform.com, where there's many programs on dreams and Jungian psychology and soul psychology. And you'll, you'll find more there about me as well. Thank you. And of course, social media, Facebook, Instagram, etc. Yes, Sh sharing is caring, right? So <laughs> wide, right. wide and long. So while well, I want to thank you for sharing your amazing and fantastic insights today. And I want to thank my listeners for tuning into the Leap Into Your Story podcast, where you discover your inner story or dream story, work through the process and meet others who've done it so you can be guided to your own writing journey. Remember to visit our website at leapintoyourstory.com and enjoy even more great episodes like this one. Again, while you're there, subscribe and like us via your favorite social media network. We are looking forward to seeing you next time here on the Leap Into Your Story podcast. Thank you for tuning into the Leap Into Your Story podcast, where you discover your inner story, break down the process, and meet others who've done it so you can leap into your own story. Remember to visit our website at leapintoyourstory.com and enjoy even more great episodes like this one. Again, while you're there, subscribe and like to us via your favorite social media network. We're looking forward to seeing you next time on the Leap Into Your Story podcast.